Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron and I'm here with Nathan and we're busting some fresh new content for you again, as we always do. (laughs) As I start this episode, I'm talking a little bit different because we're going to be talking today about what a therapist is not. (laughs) And in some ways, a therapist is not super cool all the time. A therapists are very intellectual. Um, No, last the last episode that you listened to, if you didn't listen to, you need to go back and listen to it because it's part one of this series, which is um, what a therapist is. And then today, what a therapist is not. And so in the last episode, we talked all about uh, trying to give you some ideas about when you go to therapy, who is this person that's sitting across from you? What is their what is their job? What is their goal? What are they trying to accomplish? And we try not to peek to the other side of the fence, which is today. Um, (laughs) Today, we're going to like bulldoze that fence and let you see on our side, (laughs) let you see on our property, all the like barbecue and patio set we have going on. That's so fantastic. And all the people in their poolside attire drinking cocktails. It's so amazing over here of what the therapists are not. (laughs) Oh, man. So to get us started, uh, I want to talk about a few things. We're going to cover a bunch of things that we discussed before this this podcast just to put this out there and we'll go through each of these one by one a therapist is not your friend a therapist is not someone to just vent to we're not exclusively advice givers although sometimes we do give advice we're not your personal secret keeper and we are not perfect contrary to what you guys might think right now (laughs) (laughs) i don't really want to talk about this one (laughs) So let's get us started. Nathan, talk to us about like what is a therapist? Just a little bit. I know that's kind of back onto that first side of the fence. I don't even like that side. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're on the what a therapist is not, I feel like a rebel. <laughs> this is what we're not, <laughs> the dark side. Um, but tell us a little bit about like, okay, what is the nature of the therapeutic relationship so that we can start to see, okay, that's what it is. So why are we not a friend? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of people kind of intuitively know what a therapist is, which is why a lot of times we're trying to explain like, what what we don't do because there's a bunch of assumptions that go into the part of like what a therapist is um and because some some of it's just because of how your friends and yourself have quote unquote used therapists before but therapists are just supposed to be there to help you facilitate your own process so your own thinking and kind of challenge things of what's going on and that's why friendship's not the same you know friendship you can go hang out over a weekend that's not going to happen in therapy there are like weekend retreats, don't get me wrong, but even those, if you haven't been to one, have breaks because they are typically sessions of time where the therapist has got material that they're going over. So if you imagine yourself hanging out with your friend at a coffee shop, you have some good friends, I'm sure, that are like good at challenging you and that kind of thing. And then you have friends that are like 
they basically kind of agree and you know that you probably choose interactions with them based on the fact that yeah they're probably just gonna agree like and you want that you you want that sometimes yeah like something happens you're like nathan i gotta tell you this story you'll never believe what happened and i tell you and you're like oh i can't even believe that's terrible <laughs> like we agree it's like yeah commiserate with me that's right order another pizza let's talk some more <laughs> right. wait that's a little too personal <laughs> anyway so but therapists don't do that we're constantly trying to think in terms of what's best for you according to what's just best for the normal mental health that's out there and then we're also weighing what's best for you in light of how your process of health is like i'll give you one w- very weird example there's this thing called a paradoxical inter- intervention so i have somebody coming in and they're like yeah, I've been really working hard on my anxiety. Like, you know, we're working through different things with anxiety. Also, they drink a lot and then they also smoke cigarettes. And then they come in for a New Year's re- resolution that's, you know what? I'm done with all of it. I'm going to not, I'm stopping smoking. I'm not going to drink anymore. And, and I'm going to keep working on my anxiety. I will tell somebody like, eh, I don't want you to stop smoking. Like they go, what? Yeah, don't. <laughs> I don't want you to do that. <laughs> and then they go home and like, your therapist tell you what? <laughs> Fire him. <laughs> right. Because in that example, you, you're trying to help the person come to have as much success as they want and be able to actually make something work. So if you take everything off the table, it's just more opportunity for the person to experience failure and then just not move at all. So just an example. Yeah. So to break that down just a little bit more in terms of like that, we are not your friend. We don't need you to like us, you know, because when you have friends, you're you've got something personal invested into the relationship. You're sitting across from someone, the things that you're saying, you want that to be approved of or you want it to be acceptable to the other person. You want the person to like you or um, and I don't mean like everyone's like a people pleaser or you need other people's approval. I just mean in a friendship naturally you want to get something back from that person and in the therapeutic relationship we're doing a job and i'll speak to that in a second but we are doing a job and we're getting compensated for that financially and so that's kind of like what we need from the relationship as human beings of course we do enjoy when other people like us and we like to get along with people but it's more of we want to help you in the way that you need to be helped and so because we don't need that we're free from that string and that cord that a lot of relationships have. And so that gives us a lot more objectivity because I don't need something from you. I can just give to you freely, openly, and objectively. Now, you know, I said a second ago, we are doing a job and we get this from a lot of people and it's worth saying here, yes, we are doing a job and we can provide a service. We can look at the treatment protocol and give you all the interventions, all that kind of stuff. And that would be doing a job. But when we invest ourselves and we care Um, When we allow ourselves to feel what you're feeling, that's not necessarily part of the job, but we give that for free because we're human beings and because we care. So just because we're doing a job doesn't mean we don't care because caring isn't necessarily a requirement of the job. One thing to mention, too, that, you know, some of you therapists really own the fact that, you know, hey, you don't need to be liked by the person and that kind of thing. And I would challenge some of you, you may actually be using that as a guard to kind of keep yourself from getting totally in there um, and experiencing all the pain that this person's going through. And I would challenge that a little bit from a distance standpoint. The other thing too, inside of that same challenge is if you are with a therapist where you kind of feel like they're kind of a bit robotic, but at the same time you do appreciate what, what they're giving you as far as information and like the feedback, there's something to the reality of not feeling liked 
And you might put it out there to the therapist and say, you know, I do like these sessions, but I kind of feel like you might not actually like me. Like, you know, and I think that's can be helpful because it it does two things. It holds the therapist accountable to remembering like they are not just a therapy Pez dispenser of like (laughs) what I I just pictured like advice or (laughs) challenging or whatever. Right. And, and there's a stoicism that has been okay in therapy and it's on television. It's been HBO shows, movies and stuff have showed it that is not actually super helpful in the relationship. And it, and then what I think as a client, you're sitting there thinking, well, I mean, I am paying this person, so um, I guess I'll just keep talking. But you can't really even tell where this therapist is at. And so, but you can you can hold them accountable. You can ask the question. Like, I feel like you don't even like me. Yeah, I I, I would love to have that kind of question because I think what it does is it brings a lot of honesty into the room and into the relationship, where um, that that feeling of like how I'm as a therapist impacting you or how you as a client are experiencing yourself in the room with another person. Um, those are like great conversations to have where we can talk about that kind of thing and develop a better working relationship. I'll just kind of close up this whole friend thing with, um, we're not your friend. I started watching this show on uh, Apple TV plus called the shrink next door with Paul Rudd. He's a, I think he's a psychiatrist. And then Will Ferrell is this, um, (laughs) he's a, a very amiable, impressionable client. Um, it's like feel like set back in the eighties or 1980s or whatever, but, um, and Paul Rudd is like, well, I normally get lunch around right now, but you can come if you want. I mean, you'll have to pay for the session, but you can join me and we can finish this conversation. Like that's like a friend who, you know, a friend doesn't particularly have boundaries. Um, but it's important that therapists do have boundaries. So things stay safe and contained because as if you watch that show, it's very good. It's very brilliant, but it's also very annoying as a therapist to watch like, ah, this guy is so unethical. He's breaking like so many, you know, boundary and ethical laws or whatever. So anyway, we're not your friend, um, but we do care about you. And the next one is we're also not someone to just vent to talk about that. Yes. Someone to vent to. Um, we were trying to, to get things done, right? So there's pressure that you deal with. And we're trying to help you deal with it. If all you do is blow off steam, nothing nothing gets accomplished. There's no difference. I I guess there there I, there have been a few times um, where I have that has been a thing that actually was helpful because the person didn't really know how to do it, um, and I was realizing like, oh, that you're just gonna go ahead and express everything. You normally don't express much. I've been trying to help this person get more in touch with their emotions. And that is technically venting, but also it was part of their process. I think what you just said, though, that's the key difference. If you're just venting, you're not necessarily getting in touch with your emotions. You're just like, ah, oh, this happened. And then like that happened. And then and then like, well, see you next week. And then it's like, well, what did we do um, in this session? But when you're saying, wow, that must have really impacted you on this level or or you must have felt really you know, um, disrespected, does that happen off in your life or what, how did you respond when you felt that way? Like that deeper stuff is not venting. You can use venting as a way of getting to that deeper stuff. But if all we're doing is venting, then you can do that with anybody, not a therapist. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing is like, it's also one directional, right? So it's coming from, I mean, you're sitting in there with a room with another human who's a therapist who's trained to try to help you. And it's like, you, you're not getting any feedback at all. Like, 
thank you for your money. Please pull forward. I mean, it's the weirdest. I mean, this is not like fast food. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, to be honest, um, a lot of therapists, uh, including us, will say like when those kinds of things happen, we feel terrible. We're like, I feel like I'm not really doing anything. I feel like I'm not really helping. I might try to interject or to challenge or to reflect something back. And if all you're doing is just venting, if you if you are not on board with this idea, then um, and, and I'm not trying to make it about us because we do want to help you. But we can see an avenue where there might need to be some growth or something that needs to be addressed. But if all you're doing is venting and not letting us get into those spaces or rather not letting yourself go to those spaces, it's really frustrating. The, the reality is, I would say, I don't know what you would say about this, Aaron, but um, I think about 90 percent of the people I'm saying 90, I want to say 100 that have a tendency to do this with me more regularly. What they want is validation. Ultimately, they don't experience much validation at home. They kind of feel alone and they are expressing their life and wanting somebody else to go, no kidding. Like, and that's, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that's why we're not, um, why we're not just someone to vent to, because I would say kind of in that, in that interaction, if all we do is validate, that's, that's kind of cheap, if you will, like anybody can give you that. Um, and I, I guess I, now that I say it, I want to use that financial term that's cheap. And we're more expensive than that. Like we are willing to go deeper and give you more than that. We will certainly validate, but we're also going to go beyond that and maybe even beyond what your friends would do or some of your family members might do. And we want to be with you in it. And we want to help you to see more, more than just what you're venting about. Yeah. And some, uh, I would say the majority of the time of that happens that, well, there's probably two reasons. One is one I kind of already shared. But if you're a person who's kind of venting like that to everyone, um, not just therapists, then, then you might want to look at, back at our previous episode on the fear triangle. Um, <laughs> so you're getting sucked into the victim thing. Yeah, those are like episodes like five through ten or something. Yeah, yeah. And way so, back when. <laughs> way back in the olden days. <laughs> anyway, that was like 70-something, uh, like 60-something episodes. Yeah, that right. is insane. Um, You've come a long way. <laughs> so when you're in a place of being a victim, of like accepting that role, um, all you want to do is have somebody else take care of you. So you have to share and share and share and share. And it's a never ending thing. So just a challenge on the side. Yeah. And, and just to speak to that as therapists, we're not going to just take care of you. Right. Because that that would be perpetuating that cycle. We want to help you to take responsibility for yourself and to learn how to care for yourself. So that's why, you know, just being someone to vent to or just being your friend, we're not going to do that because that's the cheap version of it. Yeah. And that's when. I always hate that. Tra- to be honest, I hate that transition. Yeah, I know because because people always think you hate me. <laughs> right. like every time. Well, you were the other joke. I can't believe you say that. <laughs> like sucks so bad. Yeah. So advice givers, right? We're not advice givers. So we do actually sometimes give advice. Um, I mean, I have told people before that come in on a, with an auto shop problem, like here's a close place <laughs> right. to go, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> which sounds funny, but where I get people are like, Oh yeah, uh, my, my shoulder is hurting or my, I've got this thing in my leg. I'm like, Oh, have you tried this stretch? And then stretch this other part. I'm like, Oh, that really helped, you know, cause I know some things about my body. Like that's some advice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, just regular, regular kind of Joe stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but advice is just telling you what to do, right? It's not actually helping you to be able to do it. It's that whole thing where like, um, teach a man to fish and feed him for life and, mm-hmm. and then give him a fish and you feed him for a day. I mean, really what advice giving is just feeding you for a day, which means you have to keep showing up. Right. Right. 
could be very lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess some people probably do that, you know, it, but it, may, it creates this dependence. But even more than that, I guess the thing that I don't like about that is that I am not you. I'm not in your life and I don't live. I have not lived the life you live and um, I'm not around all of that. So if I'm on the outside, I'm a completely different person, lived a different life, think a different way, act a different way, you know. Um, communicate a different way. If I say you should do this, or I think you should do this, then I'm telling you what to do, and that might not work for you. Yeah, you know what else is that you, like, not, meaning not the therapist, but as a client, have to pay all the consequences. Right, right. That's easy for me to say. Well, I don't want you to quit smoking or drinking. Keep doing it. Do it as much as you want. Well, bye. See you next week. <laughs> if you're still alive. Go to this place. They do great work on your car. And then they do like for whatever reason, it goes up horribly. And you're on the side of the road again. I can't believe that stupid therapist. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. But on the, what we're trying to do is constantly go deeper. Right. We're, tr- we're trying to help you. We're trying to teach you how to fish. Okay, right. kind of simple. And we've talked about advice stuff before. Yeah, we, we want you to think about your own choices, your own decision making. We want you to think about what you want, what you need and do, to do what's best for you. We'll help you evaluate all that stuff. But we're not going to just say, go do this, because then that short circuits that entire process. And it doesn't help you to see yourself, know yourself or make decisions that are in keeping with your values. So um, we are also not your secret keepers. Boom. This is the kind of one that if you're a couples counselor um, or if you work with families, uh, you're talking to one person and maybe another person. We're not going to just keep your secrets. That also doesn't mean we're going to just go blabbing to everybody. Right. Because we we are bound by confidentiality, which means that the things that are talked about in the counseling room stay there. But we don't want people just coming in and saying, oh, you'll never guess what happened. I did this and then that. But don't tell anybody. It's like in a way that's kind of like a, a, a form of venting. You're just like telling secrets, but then you're like, oh, but don't tell anybody. And also, I don't want to do anything about it. I'm just telling you about it. That also is not helpful because then you're staying stuck. Essentially, you're just sharing. This is what happened or this is what I've been thinking or feeling. But you're also not willing to be accountable for that. You're not willing to look at that and say, hey, maybe that's actually not a good thing. So in a lot of ways, um, being Nacho Secret Keeper, we (laughs) we want to help um, move you out of that. So sometimes we, we will encourage you to share your secrets with somebody else. I mean, I literally have had people in my office and they're like, Oh, I've been, um, you know, I did, I did drink again, you know, or whatever. And I didn't tell my spouse or whatever. And I'm like, we talk through it and it's like, Oh, I need to tell them because I really want the accountability, but I'm just afraid of their reaction after talking through it and being on the same page. We'll actually like, Hey, why don't you send them a text right now? Like, let's not keep your secret while you're in this moment. Send them a text. We'll draft it together. Send it. It almost always goes well um, in those times, because sometimes the path to healing and growth is by letting your secrets out and letting people into those spaces where you previously were holding shame. That's why I always say, uh, if you don't text them right now, I'm going to call them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, we don't keep we don't keep secrets, but sometimes we hold them, you know, like because what we're looking for is overall what your overall health is. So we're trying to kind of help you learn how to deal with that. Like, and, and sometimes it's you're not in a place where you're ready. And if it's not damaging, meaning like I'll give you an example. So this happens um, in couples counseling 
more often than I think other places. Um, so like you find out from one spouse that, cause you, you do in the beginning, like individual types of things, like you meet with each person individually of the couple and then you, then you do couple stuff. And sometimes you go back and forth with that. And, you know, one person decides to trust you and they say, well, the truth is I've never said this, but I did have two one night stands about four years ago. And then you're like, okay, are you doing it now? Like, no, I'm not, nothing's current. It's been a long time, but I never told this person that. Um, That's one of those things where as a therapist, you're thinking, okay, how does that affect what's going on right now? Is it necessarily worth it? But the reality is, this is what you need to know as part of the client, like when you're as a couple and therapist, you need to highlight this stuff in the very beginning when you work with a couple. This is informed consent that I think therapists don't do a good job of with couples often is you let them know about secrets. You let them know like how you deal with that. But this would be one of those where there's nothing damaging happening currently. So you, you might look for opportunities to help the person um, out themselves, but but you would have to talk to them individually, therapist, in that moment and say, okay, what do you, what are you hoping I do with this information? You, are you just kind of like trying to process it? Or are you thinking that you want to tell this person at some point? Because ultimately, as a client, you are trusting us with all the information that you give. And there are limits, ultimately, to confidentiality. Because as when you're working inside of a relationship, you're trying to navigate that in a healthy way in which both people can trust you, right? Because you, if your partner finds out later that like, this person's known the whole time that you've been, what you know, like couples therapy is probably over um, and uh, good luck going to more couples therapy because- Or trusting another therapist in the future. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that ship has sailed, bon voyage, baby. So what we're trying to do is constantly navigate that. And there's, there's different ethics to when, it's funny, to when I started practicing like, 150 years ago compared to like right now. Um, but in general, you still have this, this thing that happens. One other thing that happens that I'll just tell you not to do, um, is let's say couples therapy, right? So you show up to the session before and you look at your, before the session's there and then your spouse says, um, or your partner texts you, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. And your thought is awesome. This therapist comes to the door because they don't know anything about this. They open the door and, and you're like, "Ooh, I just need to tell you one thing I've kind of wanted to say, but I don't want to say in front of the other person. Can we just have a few minutes to be able to say that? You know, <laughs> it's something super fast. And I hope your therapist says, no, we'll just wait. You can actually say that. I can't do that. I can't do the, the whole thing. That's really common in, in therapy. Like, cause what you want to do is you, there's information that you want out, but you don't necessarily want it at that time. Yeah. And I will say just there's a difference to me between confidentiality and privacy. Like if if that person comes in and um, they want to just talk a little bit about like, oh, it's just been so frustrating. I've just been so you know angry with my partner and just disappointed with this behavior. And I've never told them this, but like um, I just am just feeling so burnt out or whatever. But I don't want to discourage them. It's like, OK, you told me some feelings like that's a secret. Um, that you haven't shared maybe like how, how you're feeling about it. Like I can keep that secret. Cause that's not really a secret. It's more of just your privacy as you're working through stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not like everything has to get shared. Like 
oh, I went to the bathroom and, um, <laughs> and I dribbled on myself. <laughs> well, we need to tell your partner. Oh, my <laughs> word. You know, it's like usually I'm the bathroom guy. <laughs> right. I thought you would appreciate that. One. <laughs> right. So anyway, there, I mean, there are some things that we can keep um, that that aren't going to be damaging. But lastly, let's just round this out with we are also not perfect. It's it's so fascinating to me. It's it's fascinating how like constantly surprised I am that people will think like, wait, what you this happened to you or you struggled with this or you were late to a session or you double booked me or you something happened where you made a mistake or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I'm not perfect either. I have these, you know, these feeling I have some anxiety here or I didn't sleep well or I was having a bad day or whatever the case may be. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. The thing, though, and I've made some mistakes um, over the years. Um, I think like I can think of like maybe two. probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know. I know. I know. It's a lot. Um, no, but like we make mistakes and, and those have had real impacts on the relationship. And um, sometimes people don't want to come back. They're like, wow, that really you know bothered me or wow, I can't believe you thought that about me. And so we have to then circle back around and talk about what did, what did I mean? What was I thinking? Where was that coming from? And usually it was a misunderstanding. And but that's the thing is that that's a relationship. It's like I, I misunderstood something or. Um, I was out of sync with where you were or I communicated something that maybe you weren't ready for and that really impacted you more than you were capable of at the time. And you needed my sensitivity instead of that challenge or whatever. Um, So even though we're not perfect, those are good opportunities for us um, in the therapeutic relationship to deal with those and to grow from them. The other piece of that perfect pie is the folks out there that are seeing us because they think we are perfect, meaning like we don't have any problems or or it's not really that we don't have any problems. I don't think anybody would say that. It's that we navigate them flawlessly. And or if we make mistakes, it's mistakes that you as a client would never make like or that, that you would your mistakes would be much more large in some way. You know, there's therapists out there that are doing marriage counseling that are divorced. Sometimes they've been divorced more than once. Uh, and and it's like you think, man. There's no way they could do marriage counseling. Well, here's the deal. This counseling is not about them. It's about you. They're trained to facilitate this. What is best for you? They're not putting their we're, we're not putting our values into that scenario. And if you are seeing a therapist because you think that they do everything right, when you find out they don't, <laughs> that's like realizing mom and dad aren't perfect. Like, what? You're not Superman. <laughs> Your whole world is going to come crashing down. I think of it like, uh, and I know we need to close up, but I think of it like, I've said this before, when your teacher is in the grocery store and you're like, what are you doing there? It's like, I thought you lived at the school. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you don't belong here. <laughs> but, you know, newsflash, we're not perfect. Um, we have problems. And guess what? If we, if we are honest with ourselves, likely we go to therapy. We are seeing other therapists out there. And, um, if, you know, if you knew that, like, you know, I have several clients right now, they're like canceling for next week. Um, cause they're like, I thought you were perfect. I can't believe you're there. <laughs> Nathan's been seeing me for years. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not true. Um, except for right now I see him, but we hope this episode has been helpful and it's actually been really fun. So we hope you have a great week and definitely a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.